Hello, everybody. Welcome to the PA Turnpod. This is episode number 114, recording on a Sunday morning in late August. I'm Rob, joined as always by Joel. How are you today? Doing well, doing well. Back in the seat and back with the co-host because I did one without you and then you did one without me. Now we're back. Yeah. How did it yeah. feel going uh, alone? Very different. I feel like I did more prep than normal because I think when uh, when there's back and forth, you can kind of have like a loose outline of what you want to do. And uh-huh. then you just fill in the, the blank space with um, with dialogue. But when you do it by yourself, you almost need to have, I felt like I needed everything meticulously like put together. And um, I, I like wrote down a lot of my opinions mm-hmm. so that I wouldn't forget what to talk about. And then kind of, I think it went longer than expected, but it felt pretty good. It felt weird though. Felt weird. I was, just by, I was actually just by myself in general because I was home, but I was the only human here and the dogs were downstairs. So I, I really was just like, Talking to myself. I like how you coined the phrase or the title of it. My wife's worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. She, I sent her that. I sent that in a text group with you guys yesterday. She still didn't watch it. Um, <laughs> so she has no idea. I, I could come on here and talk about how I cheated on her for a month straight and I'm going to get a divorce and she'll have no idea. She'll have no idea. I could put it on the Instagram and she would see it, but she'll never know. She'll never know. <laughs> she'll never know. Oh man! Oh, well, we're back. We have a lot to cover here. Yes. Um, I tried to knock some of it out yesterday. I did. Uh, there's a little, little bit of overlap though. Um, but yeah, there's a lot. That's no problem. That's no problem. Um, yeah, we have a lot of mailbags. Yeah, we got five mailbags. Uh, a couple of them are going to be um leftovers from the from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the last like week and a half of the Phillies. We're going to talk about your uh, your first fantasy football team. I uh, first like regular season fantasy football team anyway. Right. We'll talk we'll touch back on our uh, MLB predictions and then we're going to do a, a sports roundup with some uh, interesting talking points and then um as we did last year we're kind of on a time crunch here so we're gonna, we're going to kind of cram a few of these in. Uh we're going to do top 10 tight ends today and then on the next episode uh you know time willing and like uh, internet willing we're going to do receivers and running backs together in the same episode. Uh, maybe we'll lead with one and we'll finish with the other. Maybe we'll just do them back to back. And then on our final episode, which is the NFL season preview, that could be a little long. Um, we're going to do the quarterbacks. So last year, I think we did it over the course of like a month or so. This time we're going to do it um, in like three days. <laughs> I'm ready for it though. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. We'll fun. try to get back on, yeah. back on track as I propose the title of this yeah. episode. Back on The question track. is so let's, Last year we ranked all thirty-two quarterbacks. We're doing that this year. We're just doing top ten. Top ten. All right. I mean, we can do a funny game. Well, for me anyway, I don't know all the quarterbacks who are starting. Mm-hmm. So you know, like that infamous of uh, the you that, know the 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 Kelseys when they did the coaches and that, Travis couldn't name exactly. the coaches. <laughs> I couldn't even name probably the quarterbacks or what team they're on. We're gonna do that. Except I'm gonna sneak pictures of um. Of hockey players and like relief <laughs> pitchers in it. I'm like, who's this guy? He uh, he's the quarterback for the Rams. Who the fuck is that? Oh, that's Joe Nathan. Okay, Joe Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. Nah, can't do that. <laughs> uh, it would just be more. It would be entertaining for you and everyone else. It would just be death for me. Since I'm when so... do uh, quarterbacks look Russian with missing teeth? Right. Oh, uh, that's a, that's Evgeny Malkin. 
Who? <laughs> <laughs> I know who that is. I think that's a Pittsburgh, yeah, Penguin. Pittsburgh. Yeah, Penguin. Let's go. I was going to say Pirate. That would have been just tremendous. <laughs> just throwing all the sports in together. Um, the California Ballpark Tour review. I heard a little bit of it on uh, yesterday's podcast. Yeah, I didn't want to dive too deep just in case you had questions or if we end up doing a ballpark podcast or a ballpark review in the future. I just wanted to give kind of like a base of what it was just in case you had questions for me today. And then we can dive a little bit more into it. But how did you... Um, I, I got halfway through the episode when I was listening to it, but how did you... Did you get that far? Oh, yeah, I did. I listened to the whole thing twice. Oh, okay. Very good. Very good episode. I'm also, see, you don't need me. My, my tragic flaw. Solo pod. <laughs> nah, not true. My tragic flaw is I started listening to it before it was uploaded. And I was like, wait, I got to stop because I want to listen to it while it's uploaded so it registers a play. Uh-huh. As opposed to me listening to it on the computer. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was like 13 minutes in. I was like, wait a second. We should be making money off this. Right. Um, no one listened. Yeah, they don't, they don't register Windows Media Player plays. Oh Jesus! Right, they register Spotify. <laughs> right, right. Good point. You're but 13 I, minutes in. I, as in case you're wondering if I have any prowess on how to produce one of these things, there's about 10 seconds of dead air at the beginning where I'm trying to figure out whether or not the thing was recording or not. <laughs> I did realize, I'm like, oh no, there's no audio, and then he uploads dun, 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 dun. an hour and a half of nothing. It was it was a social experiment. It was the um, Seinfeld of podcasts. The Seinfeld podcast. It was good. Um, the only things I had to say, I think I was correct in saying that you started with one of the the best ballparks. Yeah, yeah you nailed that. And ended with one of the worst. <laughs> when you said duct tape the seats and no, literally no, that I'm not I'm not being hyperbolic and saying that. I've, she, my wife might have some pictures of them, but I was texting people during the game. I was like, bro, there's like duct tape on the steps here. Sometimes you'll see duct tape if it's like holding maybe a wire in place or something, just to kind of keep it from like people stepping on it. No, yeah. this was like on the step. Like it was like the concrete was like cracking. And the chair in front of us was being held together by duct tape. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, so look, I, the, the Coliseum objectively worst ballpark in baseball, but that doesn't mean it's a bad place to catch a ball game. Yeah. Um, funny enough, I was actually, I was listening to um, uh, Rockies have released Jurex and Profar. Um, I was listening to your solo what? pod on the, yeah, surprising. He could probably help a playoff team, but I think it's too late to put somebody on the roster and have them eligible. Um, I, I listened to your solo pod on the flight that I took from San Fran to LA. Yes, yes which yes. was about like a forty-five minute flight, so it was perfect time-wise. And by the way, and, I do know the difference: the bride to be and a wife. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to say wife and a vacation and a honeymoon. <laughs> I, I don't know either. Rob's on holiday. Um, right. <laughs> So I was He's listening PTO to it and I was, like, I was like, he's got a good idea. I, I don't know how much detail I shared with everybody about it. And I hear, yeah, so he's starting with like the nicest park in the world and he's going to finish at a dump. I was like, oh, well, okay, yeah, that's basically how it is. <laughs> Which I was actually like half, I was half looking forward to, half kind of dreading as we led into it because I don't really care. I, I could start at, you know, you know, SoFi Stadium and end at a minor league ballpark and still be happy. Yeah. I was more worried about her. Because I'm like, we're gonna start at this beautiful park. We're the gonna have a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> hotel is literally like a two minute walk. Like we were literally right across the street from the hotel. Nice. Or from the uh, the stadium, you could see the reflection of it on the buildings across from us. Nice. I was like, she, well, I'm gonna get this woman's expectations so high because we really enjoyed Cleveland. We loved Pittsburgh, and then we're gonna go do Oracle, where the the view is absolutely like astounding. 
and then we're gonna end it's gonna be a week of tiredness we're not gonna sleep much and then we're gonna go to this fucking shithole in oakland <laughs> and she's gonna be like why are we why are we here there, there's homeless home. people everywhere there's there's Street you know, road. yeah <laughs> the, um, the, the 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 fences outside the stadium look like they're, they're barbed wired um it's and the stadium itself is cool but yeah um to give oakland its flowers though yeah. um i want to make it abundantly clear no ballpark should not have a um there there are no ballparks in america that shouldn't have ice cream helmets and oakland had them but the who was it the angels i think didn't no the angels no the angels did the who was it that didn't have it? oh the um oracle oracle didn't have ice cream helmets giants what yeah and neither did cleveland Cleveland didn't have them, Baltimore didn't have them, and um, and San Francisco didn't have them. So that ruins my whole the whole reason I was doing this stupid tour so I could put the ice cream helmets <laughs> up in my basement. Now I'm wasting my time. I mean, it's I up there buy, with just buy them on eBay. <laughs> it's I was just gonna say it's up there with buying an Expo's helmet and then getting it washed off seconds after you get it. Yeah. So folks, um, <laughs> I I went on eBay because what I want to do here, and we'll we'll move on. Uh, what I wanted to do here is when we get through, we're remodeling the basement, kind of putting new floor down. We just painted in the in the middle of the summer, uh, or actually in the spring. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to print out pictures on a canvas or maybe just like eight by tens, whatever, or square pictures of um of our view at each stadium, each one we visited, and kind of display them on the wall, and then maybe right beneath them, like maybe put the helmet on the wall beneath it. But some of the parks that we've gone to didn't have helmets or they had like the City Connect helmet, which doesn't look like the regular helmet. So I went on eBay. I was like, I can find an Orioles ice cream helmet. So I find one. I was like, oh, while I'm here, these things are only like $3 a piece. I'll just get an Expos one. I'll get a Florida Marlins one because I won't see those. And I'll get an Indians one because they don't make them anymore. I was like, let me just collect these. This will be cool. And then the Expos one shows up and we washed it and the logo washed off. So now it's just a blue helmet. You can get a sticker. Yeah, I gotta get like a decal or something like I have on the trash can in the basement with the the Astros. Astros. Yeah. <laughs> you mean you got a trash can for the Astros trash can? <laughs> a trash can decal for the Astros. Let's see. Um, they have to sell decals like that, right? I could just buy one and peel it off and put it on the, the helmet. They but yeah, uh, the A's they have ice cream helmets and they're not ice cream helmets, they're frozen yogurt helmets which is even better when you have to walk all the way from the one stand in the whole stadium that has ice cream in center field, all the way to your seats behind home plate. It doesn't right. melt and go all over your arm. So shout out to the angels and shout out to the A's for having Froyo. Yeah. Um, or at least one... having like firmer ice cream. I don't know. It, it might've been Froyo. It might've just been a different type of uh, soft serve. It probably was, but at least it was good. I would imagine. Um, my other one was, we we talked about this in length prior because you were thinking about going to Anaheim before mm-hmm. the honeymoon. Yeah, the Shohei Otani uh, effect. Oh my you were god! Curious then, and then when you were getting there, you were curious, and then when you were there, as I heard, you were you overstated. You didn't think it yeah. would be as much as you thought it would be. So I don't know if I forgot just in the because this was Friday of last week and mm-hmm. at that point it had been literally <clears throat> excuse me a full week of doing stuff because we got into San Fran on the previous Thursday which was, I think was the 10th and then the 11th we flew to we had the the game and then the 12th we flew to LA went to a game then we had beach beach game game zoo Disney universe so like all this stuff 
So I kind of forgot about the baseball aspect, which was good. I liked that it broke everything up. Yeah. Because <laughs> it wasn't all baseball the trip, but it was obviously a, a focal point. Yeah. When we sure. did, when we were on our way to Angel Stadium, mm-hmm. we didn't, there was nobody like around. Like it wasn't like that area. It's not like you were driving into like a very Japanese area of the city, which is like an area. Yeah. Uh, Anaheim, very chill. We go into the stadium and dude, it's like 50% Japanese people, which is crazy. Because I thought maybe, okay, when Otani pitches, that's when everybody shows up. But no, he plays every day. So the entire section we were in, like, I feel like I learned Japanese. Like, <laughs> And it's great. So I didn't mention this yesterday. I forgot to mention it, and I had it in my notes. So we went, we have the ballpark passport, um, mm-hmm. which are back in stock now, by the way, if anybody's buying them, um, which is, for people that don't know, it's a book that has each of the 30 active stadiums in it. When teams move, the guy that makes the passports will create new pages, but it has a map in there that you can put like all the stadiums you've been to. And then you get it stamped at each stadium with your first game at that stadium. It, it doesn't, the book has this page that tells you where to go to get the stamps, mm-hmm. but I couldn't find the, like, I think it's outdated because it says to go to the team store. We go into the team store. The line is literally 200 long and it's so long. They had to open the door and these people were out in the parking lot and it's like all Japanese folks with Otani jerseys and t-shirts people buying the rally monkeys and stuff like this. I've never seen a team store with a line that long. Like the only thing close to it is when the Phillies won the, uh, the NL title last year. Yeah. And the line was on the street, like into the store to buy the shirts. Anything like the Kelly greens this year. Uh, maybe, the yeah, must've been. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't see those lines, but I would imagine it was, those were probably longer, but this is the longest line I've ever seen for anything in a stadium. Aside and, from like to get in. And you're saying mainly it was all Japanese. Well, yeah, half the store was Otani. I mean, they're not that they have a whole lot more to offer aside from like trout, but the, the an entire wall was Otani, all shirts and jerseys and hats and things and you know pictures and like little plastic bats with his name on it and stuff. But through the whole, it was crazy, and that place was packed for a Friday night between a boring team in Tampa, even though they're good, and a team like the Angels that's broken all their hearts for the last ten years. Right. That place was like mobbed. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Otani in Philly. Yeah. Like this upcoming series. I don't want him. He, he's cost way too much. And then you just don't know with the injury now, the latest. Yeah. We'll probably touch on that later in the show, but mm. ugh, that's just bad break. What a bad luck yeah. for Otani. All right. Yeah. Yeah, those are my like, only two. Everything else you kind of covered on yesterday's pod. Um, yeah, the, the in general, though, I think it's hard to – I don't like picking these ballparks. I don't want to be like Mr. Ballpark snob. Oh, I didn't love how the faucets weren't working. Um, Is that Campbell of ballparks? Yeah, screw that guy. I'm glad he wasn't (laughs) in any of these games because I would have probably not been allowed on an airplane after meeting him. Um, The the thing about Oakland that really, I think I I I even mentioned this, it reminds me of the Spectrum and it reminds me of the Vet. Yes. Because it's that old school bowl, that kind of like that concrete just toilet bowl that, Every stadium was for a while. Like um, Shea was a stadium like that. I think City uh, Field is almost like that in a way. City's kind of like that. At least City has a little bit of like it looks like a train station some in some parts of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but like the Vet was one of those. I think Memorial Stadium was another one. There's a lot of stadiums if you look in like the 90s and 80s and like 70s. Yankee Stadium, bowl, like three three rivers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have the they don't have regular urinals. They have the troughs, which are those long sink looking thing oh my god so you just walk up and go <laughs> oh my god oh jesus um I, I like that you did mention the center field obscurity 
uh, yeah, Mount Davis. Davis. Yeah, Mount Davis was just funny. So that was not always there. Yeah, that it used to be open, and it was beautiful in the pictures I've seen. You can see the skyline. It was disgusting. Just a, the ugliest backdrop in sports. If I'm not mistaken, I think out of all the ballparks, you had good, great seats, mm-hmm. inclu- including Oakland. Yeah. But all the other stadiums, you were like either home plate, but like in the upper deck or out in the outfield, first baseline, let's mm-hmm. say. For Oakland, you were as close as you can get to the hard camp. <laughs> but because of the way it's structured, uh, you just missed the cut. Yeah, but you have to pay over $100 for those seats. Uh, we paid, I think, like $80 to sit in the third row. Uh, behind. So there's like the Diamond Club where they don't want you getting up. That's why they have... Because they don't want it to look empty on television. So even the Phillies have this. So yeah. in the first like five to 10 rows in that Diamond Club area, mm-hmm. it, it, because it's on the hard cam, they want it to be full at all times. That's why they have waitresses bringing you things. They also don't want you standing up and obscure, like obstructing view. But the hard cam was just like the diamond level, which was only like 10 rows. But dang, we were just off the camera. Every time a batter came up, they would show like on the big screen. There was two screens in the stadium. Yeah. The one in left field would show the batter walking to the plate. I was like, well, are we going to get? Ah. So we were just off camp. But yeah, that was the only stadium we sat close in. All the other ones we sat like 400 level, like first row. Yeah, I tuned in. I got home from work. I tuned in. All right, you guys are there. I remember you guys had like the hard cam. <laughs> and I'm sure I showed a screenshot. I'm like, look, this is all I got. Yeah. What, I, just I, over the partition. I had like three other friends that were on. They must have set like a record for viewership that night. Like 11 or 12 people watched. Like I had three other <laughs> friends that were also watching because I told them I was in like the fifth. Like the, we're in like the 12th row. From the and, northeast Pennsylvania yeah. area. You know what's crazy? So I, yeah, right. You know what's crazy is there were some, um, you should have seen the face. I was in the bathroom at Dodger Stadium the first game we went. Yeah. And I was just talking to this guy. He's like, Oh, where are you from? I was like, Because he was like, Oh, where are you from? Like Orange County, from like else you go to oh, Philly. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> um I went to an XFL game with uh, my buddy Zach, mm-hmm. and we were we were both wearing Tampa Bay um Vipers jerseys in the at MetLife. They play the Guardians, and there another Tampa guy came up because there weren't that many. He was like, "Oh, where are you guys from? You make the trip." We're like, "Yeah, we're from Philly." He just like walked away. <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah. I thought I had a local with me. He's like, "Nah, we're from Philly." Yeah, oh, fucking leave. <laughs> but yeah, man, um, I'm glad you had a good time the honeymoon, and like you said, it was a smart idea. Like, obviously, the ballpark was a focal point, but. You guys did do a little sightseeing, Disneyland, yeah. beaches, and whatnot. Yeah, and don't ever cool. slander Jersey beaches like that, like last week, like yesterday. That was so, crazy. So it, I enjoyed the vibe on the LA beach a yeah. little bit more. Or I guess it's not really LA. It might have been like a surrounding county or whatever. But um, it was the weather's better in the Jersey beach. So I told this to a couple of coworkers, too. The sand is different. I liked the sand in a weird way more in LA. I wish that. I wanted to just like grab like a Ziploc bag and bring some home because it was hard to explain how it feels. No seashells. It, it wasn't wet. I actually have a rock here from uh, one of the beaches. <laughs> um, one of it, like the sand felt more like clay, even though it was still sand, but it wasn't really? as fluffy. So when it, if there was wind, it wasn't flying everywhere the way it, does. And it was darker. Okay. And it was a little bit darker. It was like a, not, not like dark brown, but like a little bit like Jersey beaches are very tan. Yeah. This was like a shade or two darker, which was interesting. And it was actually more comfortable to walk on because it wasn't super hot and it actually felt pretty good. Mm. But yeah, the uh, the Jersey beaches, I still enjoy the Jersey beaches more, I would say, because there's more people. Uh, it reminds me of my childhood. And aside from the really long walk from the boardwalk to the beach, 
um, which in here it was like 20 feet, but there it's like a mile. Um, it's it's more enjoyable. The sand just flies everywhere in Jersey, though. Yeah, that's just a, one bad part. And then seashells if you're in certain parts. Yeah. All right. Can't wait to hear on the dedicated ballpark tour. I did catch the ending of last week, and we'll touch on that again probably in a mailbag yeah. or later on the future growth of this podcast. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm interested to see uh, and the guests that shall remain anonymous. Yeah, I'm interested. Also, thoughts. I got approached to do that, uh, like a, a part of this guy's book, which is really yeah, cool too. That's I'm really. Cool. I'm looking forward to see what that entails. I won't get paid for it, but I would like to at least attach my name and the name of the podcast to it. Oh, that'd uh, be cool. to at least get a little bit of publicity. He's got three publishers apparently he's working with, so hopefully nice. he's actually gonna could get us a little bit of like notoriety. Is it gonna be a couple interview or just you? I'm not sure. Depends if he wants to or not. Mm, yeah. She probably wants to be remain anonymous. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, should we get into the mailbags and into the... Yes. So the first August. couple, I think, um, we'll let you answer because I don't have a ton of more thoughts than I did yesterday. Okay. Um, so this is from Brian. Uh, would you rather be a wild card team or one of the top two seeds that get a bye in the playoffs? Um, well, for sure. Well, thanks, Brian, for uh, spending the question. For sure, a wild card team. I mean, the Phillies probably a perfect example you're playing with momentum house money that's nothing to lose you weren't really supposed to be there to begin with and uh pressure's all on the home team because you know you got the record or you know the second seed team all pressure's on you top dog all season now you got to perform in the playoffs the only con with this is fatigue playing x amount of games to end the regular season playing the one to get in then the three rounder and then you know advancing yeah. And then the other one is some of these guys, pitchers mostly, needing that extra rest, that extra you know day mm. off or week off to heal the body, some injuries that are nagging, to be ready for the the playoff push. But I would take wild card team all day. It's yeah, just it's, fun to get in. Yeah, I agree. And and for the record, when I did the little bit of like the realignment thing I talked about yesterday, mm-hmm. I'm st- I think there's nothing broken about the current format. The only thing I wish that they would have not gotten rid of is the one game playoff. I don't think these wildcard series should be one game playoffs, but I think that the fact that they refute. So in the event that there is a tie, so let's say the, uh, the third wildcard, which is highly likely this year in both leagues, yeah. we'll have two teams with the same record. They never used to have like a secondary tiebreaker, like runs against or run differential or head to head or any of that. They would just play a game 163. MLB now has a bunch of tiebreakers in place. So there's no game 163 anymore. Mm-hmm. I think if they, if, when the league expands to 32, I think they should have seven playoff teams per league, yeah. which sounds excessive. But instead of it being seven teams that all get a series, I think number six versus number seven should be a one-game playoff to get into the wild card series. So one and two get a bye. Three plays the winner of the six-seven wild card game, and then four and five just played a regular series. I like that because then that puts a little bit of an emphasis on getting one of the first two wild cards. And God forbid you're one of the third or fourth wild card. At least the third one gets the home game. The fourth one is at a severe disadvantage because you probably have to pitch some of your better guys down the stretch to get in. You got to pitch somebody in the one game playoff, and then boom, you got to go into a two best two out of three in another team stadium. So, yeah, I mean, but I, but I, I yeah, as, I'm sorry, but as you were saying uh, yesterday, an expansion team like Nashville and others, like Tampa Bay, might actually get one, not St. Petersburg. 
Yeah. That could also help. And also a six man rotation for the pitching for the for the injuries that, that were mentioned yesterday. Yeah. Like Shohei Otani. It's doable. I just don't think the human arm is built to sustain throwing a hundred miles an hour every five days. Well, not nowadays because everyone's a super freak athlete. Yeah, like, even with all the change. Yeah, even with all the science that goes into it and understanding the health of arms and how to re- recover and everything, you're still you're throwing like throwing a curveball. You're not even supposed to until you're like ten years old because it does so, it puts so much torque on your elbow. All right. And you know sliders and changeups and all this stuff. I, I it's not natural to throw overhand to begin with, but yeah. Uh, what do you think happens with James Harden? Oh, trade it. Trade it with P.J. Tucker mm. right before I, the season. I forgot about the P.J. Tucker part of it. Right before the season. I Personally, get him out of here immediately, fast as possible. Yeah. But to sustain the locker room and your new head coach and his first time back and then the fans and all this distractions that's going to go in, you're not going to wait, But which most likely is going to happen because it's Maury. You're not going to wait mm. to the deadline. Day of the deadline. Yeah. No, do it now. Rip the bandaid. Get rid of them. Start fresh. Let Maxi cook, and whoever else is the two guard of the first. Yeah, let them cook. Right. Pepper is another one. I don't know if he really wants to play with Embiid or he wanted to be because of Harden. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, yeah, trade him immediately. Get the distraction out of here. Good riddance. It's almost like when Harden left the Thunder's and went to the Rockets in that off season. Just mm-hmm. do that. Just dump them. Get out of there. The thing is with um I don't think that they're they're gonna be able to make a move until Lillard goes first because he's the big fish that teams want. And yeah. it, it's a weird trade market where Harden only wants to go to the Clippers and Lillard seemingly only wants to go to Miami. But right. we keep hearing rumors about how oh the Bulls are interested in this guy and the Timberwolves might want Lillard. And like, well, why are these teams like Lillard refuses to talk about the Timberwolves? I'm like, why would he? He, he he only wants to go to Miami? Why would he want to talk about the Wolves? Like and why would anybody care what you know the the Hawks can offer for James Harden when he won't go there to begin with? Not that he. I mean, why would anybody want to trade for a star that's not? Well, first of all, not going to be happy. Secondly, going to want a, a trade in two years anyway. And third, like probably won't even play if you get him. So like, why would they make the trade in the first place? He will like it. it, it like neither neither side has leverage because the Clippers know that Harden doesn't want to be here, but Maury knows the Clippers are the only team that are interested in. Him, but like. It, yeah. it takes a lot of leverage away from the team. Like if if Harden or somebody can just get a thing, hey, Harden's willing to take a trade to these four teams, at least you're going to get a better return from the team that he ultimately goes to. Right. And Maury's not just going to take a second round pick for Harden. Like it, he's going to want at least probably two roster players or an expiring contract or some picks. And the Clippers know our, we're the only team playing ball. Unless we're desperate for him, we don't have to give up anything. Yeah, I'm just I'm over the James Harden. Thing. I kind of don't care anymore either. He's I don't know why he's so mad. I mean, it, it, the problem with star players nowadays, and this is a little bit less prevalent in in football and hockey and baseball, it's basketball because it's a star driven league. Is the big superstars have a hard time coping or adjusting to when they're not star caliber anymore? Harden, mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's still a good player. And if he were back, I'd be happy with, you know, the way he, like, I was good. I was fine with the way he played last year, kind of like taking a somewhat smaller role, but he still thinks he should be the guy that has the ball 95% of the time and isolating and making plays that like, not everybody can age like Vince Carter. Right. Like, like, and Tim Duncan, like Kobe wanted to be the starting 
like focal point his entire career and like Jordan with the at least he was good with the Wizards but like Harden now and like Derrick Rose had a hard time going to the bench Dwayne Wade had a hard time playing off the bench like these star players are awful when they age and Westbrook has no idea how to be a role player it's just these he Harden still thinking he deserves a max deal is absurd it is it's a, a lot of ego yeah you gotta check yourself at some point but would you give credit to um Kawhi Leonard yeah he didn't he wanted to go to LA he didn't care which team he just wanted to be in LA he got traded to Canada knowing it's a one-year rental they took a chance maybe they they can re-sign him Toronto took that shot mm-hmm. and he probably thought about it like look I'm in a perfect situation I'm away from the states I'm isolated here in Canada I'm beloved I'm probably yeah, really. gonna get a statue in the city keys to this whole place but no, and then he just did his one year, got the team, the trophy, the big thing. They the got, first, got it up. First, first one. First one, and then he can rest easy, and he's already a rapid legend, and then he can go to L.A. and fuck off. It's crazy how that like, was Harden such did the a, same thing. That literally, was such literally a perfect, should yeah. do the same thing. He should. Yeah. It's crazy how that worked out. I wonder if – I don't think it's likely, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Raptors retired number two for Kawhi. <laughs> Oh, I would. He, he only played there a year. I'm sure there's gonna I be would've. a statue, if not already, like a mural of it. Oh yeah. But the Kawhi shot is arguably like the most, you know, sim like not symbolic, but the most iconic game winner of the last ten years in any type of sport. I mean, maybe some man. Not, there's no walk off home runs or goals or anything. Well, there there was a goal in the Stanley Cup that won the Stanley Cup, but yeah. th- th- it's it's rare that you're gonna find a shot that impactful that was in such a you have to really understand the context of it too, of that game and that series for hey, it to make more sense. And it, it's just, it was crushing to us, but I can't even imagine what it felt like on the other end. Yeah. I was just going to say we're, we're too close to it because we're yeah. attached to the Sixers on that one, but yeah, we really don't understand it. But like that image alone with the free shot, or you can just do oh. clips of it. It's just, it sells itself. The jerseys, they sold um, awareness that Toronto had a cl- a team well, I did a lot I don't know yeah, I knew yeah. that I, I thought he that. I thought he did great things for for that franchise he gave us the laugh that we all know and love gave uh-huh. us the laugh <laughs> like, I don't even know where you at he uh-huh. gave us a, a big uh, just and honestly he was crazy that series yeah I, I don't know I think Harden should embrace the uh the idea of maybe going somewhere and being Chris Paul did it. The second or third. Yeah, Chris Paul has been pretty good. He's still a starter, but he's doing good, a, a better job of assimilating and be, being but like bro, a like – Him on the Warriors is going to be very fascinating. Very fascinating. But, bro, he was in New Orleans forever. He wanted to go to the Lakers. Stern vetoed that shit immediately, <laughs> you're, and you're then he went to, to the, the Clippers. Laker Junior, yeah. Right. Balled out there, and then yeah. he and went to that, the Rockets. He, he was a Rocket. And then he went to the Thunder, where we were like, oh, he's going to get traded. No, he stayed there and willed that team to a playoff. He took that team to the playoffs, yeah. So, I mean, you can – Harden's got to, like, suck his ego up. And plus, you're going to have yeah. P.J. Tucker next to you. Like, like CB3 did it alone. Kawhi had uh, Danny Green. Sure. Siakam took left. a leap. Yeah, Siakam took a leap that year, too. And Gasol yeah, so, was good, but – and Lowry. And Nick Nurse was on, on another planet that year. Yeah, I don't know. Wise. That was one of the few times that – you know, firing a veteran coach and hiring the unproven guy actually worked. Yeah. More more often than not, that fails. Yeah, they were tired of of like being great in the regular season and then yeah. flaming out. 
Yeah, honestly, I mean, I mean the Sixers do. Geez, Jesus. I wonder if that's going to work here. Right. Um, all right, mailbag three. I kind of gave my thoughts on this yesterday, but well, what plans do you have to uh, to grow things for us? Um, my well, my my original thought was, you know, networking, making it the a network. network, and having like a, a three different pieces of media that we put out each week. And we talked yesterday also about like doing commentaries and stuff. But I'm interested to see what you what you think. I was I was just thinking more like concrete foundational of uh, the consistency, mm. the production, getting the certain tools that we need yeah. to run this. No more technical difficulties. No oh, more, please hopefully. no. Yeah, recently um, it's been good here. Obviously, my relocation would be a big factor in this because oh, I is can true. get in there into Philadelphia or Pennsylvania in general. The commute would be better. We can do more in person. We can have guests come in and out. Yeah. Um, another thing I thought about also live streaming. We can do like like a fight companion type of thing, like what Rogan does. But in terms of we can have something play live. Obviously, we can't bleed it because of copyright. But you will have general genuine reactions in the moment while yeah. talking while we're watching the game, and then there could be a chat. You know, we can just interact with chat and stuff, stuff like that. And obviously, the business side behind the curtain, merch, um, just blowing up on the social medias, all that stuff, and then. Obviously, going on other podcasts and just getting our our little network out there as well. Yeah, I'm hoping this book thing helps us too. Yeah. All right. Okay, um, grow this empire. Two more mailbags came in while the episode was recording yesterday. Um, this is from a friend of mine, Christian. <clears throat> Who's your favorite bad Phillies player from the most recent rebuilding years? I call it the Phillies process, 2012 to 2018. I can go on for three days about this. <laughs> Um, where do you want to start? I can go, I can start in the bullpen. I can start in the outfield. <laughs> well, for, I'll, I'll take it first because I have, I didn't yeah. really watch too much of it. Nor should honest. you have, nor should anybody have. Right. The only <laughs> name, the moment I read this, there was three names that popped up that are not there. And I'm not, I don't have any ill will to any of them. Maybe one of them probably, but I remember, I think it was a shortstop. Or a second baseman named Freddie Galvis or something like that. <laughs> he irked me at, at the plate. He irked me so much. Freddie Cooperstown. Yeah. Um, Dominican guy who's like a wife beater. Center oh, fielder. Oh, Herrera. Yeah, yeah. That guy was just a menace to society. <laughs> I think he's Venezuelan. Oh, even worse. I mean, sorry. <laughs> Michael Franco. Love because Michael the name Franco. was. The name was so stupid. Yeah. Was, I, love, I love him. And then. The Yesterday Boston was his legend. birthday, by the way. Oh, gross. Uh, and the Boston legend, Jonathan Papelbon, who choked our MVP <laughs> in Washington, that scumbag. <laughs> so I'll just uh, say Papelbon won't be on the top of the list, even though he was probably decent for us. Uh, he was, he was the only that. all-star here. Yeah, uh, that was actually Harper's MVP year in Washington, too. <laughs> um, the first name that came to mind for some reason, I don't even know if I liked him. It was John Mayberry Jr. He was the first name to pop into my head. Outfielder? Yeah, he was an outfielder first baseman. He was only good on odd number years, so he was really good in 11 and then really good in 13, um, and he hit his first. So my favorite moment, I think, that wasn't like actual like uh, like thing that happened on the field yeah. is in 2009, they called up John Mayberry Jr. Mm-hmm. He made his debut in New York against the uh, Yankees. In the second game of the series, I believe it was, it was a Saturday, it was on Fox. Yeah. They were facing, I think, Andy Pettit was the pitcher. Uh, I think it was Pettit. Uh, John Mayberry hit his first career home run and they showed a guy in the stands who they said was his dad celebrating. Turns out it was just a black guy 
And later in the telecast, they found his actual dad, but they were like, we don't actually have his reaction because we thought the other guy was his dad. <laughs> That's just terrible. Um, terrible. Other names that I came up with kind of on the fly, uh, Jorge Alfaro was one of my favorite players during the process years. He was one of the main pieces they got for Hamels. He was also the main one of the main pieces they traded for Real Muto. Um, Freddie Galvez was fun. Michael Franco was fun. Um, Aaron Altair was kind of fun because he was like a five-tool player, but all five tools were just like very average. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Darren Ruff was everybody's favorite. Like, this guy should be up on the big club. Still doing um, his thing. He's still around. Uh, Vance Waterley kind of came in toward the end of the goodness and the beginning of the crap for the Phillies. I really enjoyed him early on. And um, Ken Giles was another one. I loved watching him pitch until I found out he was a scumbag. So, and my... Am I not mistaken? Was Gritty Sizemore on this team? On this he era? was. He was. He was teammates with Jeff Francoeur on the Phillies. Uh, oh, Grady Sizemore, um, who my wife still has a crush on, and I have a Grady Sizemore surfing bobblehead on my uh, my desk here. <laughs> so actually, she got it at the thrift store. Um, one other name. Oh, it just left me. I had it. Joe Blen. I lost it. <laughs> uh, Joe Blen was fun. Uh, who it was, was fun? Oh, Hector Luna. Hector Luna was on the 2012 Phillies here in Grand Slam at Baltimore. Oh, he was a second, he was a first baseman by the time he got here. He blew up. He was a second baseman with the Indians. And then he got fat and became a first baseman. <laughs> and uh Ty Wigginton was fun too. Ty uh, Lance, Lance Nix. I was a Lance Nix guy. Now, if this question was favorite, that have Cliff Lee, Roy Holiday. The thing is, it says favorite bad Phillies player. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm, I Cameron Rupp would probably be my favorite bad Phillies player. Yeah, I can't answer this. Yeah. One. I didn't really watch. I just, just so named Cameron Rupp, people that came to mind. Yeah. So Cameron Rupp in 2015, they're playing the Mets. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he called time or something during it at bat. Yeah. And he and the pitcher was upset at him. And the next time up, the pitcher threw it Darren Ruff, thinking it was Cameron Rupp, and the benches cleared and Larry Boa got really mad. That's just like the, the best Cameron Rupp memory I have aside from when he got blown up at the plate in that game against the Reds. <laughs> um, last mailbag. Bozo. This is a good mailbag. Um, is Tom Brady going to come back and play for the Niners midseason? This is courtesy of my coworker, Leon. Shout out to Leon. Yeah. Uh, is Tom Brady going to come back to play for the Niners midseason? Is he a Niners fan? He's uh, he's from out there. Oh. Well, Tom Brady's from out there. I mean, uh. Well, I mean, well, Purdy stinks. Darnold stinks. They traded Lance. Well, I mean, is Leon from out there? Is he no, there? I think he's an Eagles fan. Wild question. I hope um, anyway. I mean, it's it's an, it, like it hasn't. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Unfortunately, it's not. Especially not now that Brady's divorced. I mean, yeah, right. He, he's not. She doesn't have him by the balls anymore, so he doesn't have to retire. But didn't he sign a, a fat contract for one of these networks? I think NBC, but or Fox. He was supposed to start this year, though, but he's not. So I guess he can keep kicking the can down the road if he wants to play in the NFL. How hard could it be? He just hands the ball off to McCaffrey all game. So, right. I mean, I guess he saw Jeff Saturday do it off the set of ESPN to get up. <laughs> so he's gonna go be a coach now. Well, no, he still saw that. Like, well, this fat guy did it. I can just do it and just hand, like you said, hand off to CMC. Yeah. Throw it to Debo. That'd be good. Nah, I don't think there's a shot now. It's weird that he went out the way he did. It is. But I don't think there's a shot that he'll he'll play. He's a creature of habit. He's he's the goat. 
It's Brady all prep and timing. He should have retired after they won the Super Bowl in Tampa. That she, would have been well, the perfect way to end things for him. Wasn't he? And then Schefter kind of leaked it. Well, he was he, he was going to come back in, for a second year and then retire after that year. Oh. And Schefter ruined it. Oh, after the Eagles lost? That after, no, this is oh, the no, year. No. This is when they beat the Eagles and then they lost to the Rams. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um. No, nah, dude, there's no shot. He ain't coming back. Yeah, I don't think he is either, but I think it's fun to think about. Uh, there's a story in, from 2002 when Donovan broke his leg. Um, Andy Reid called um, Troy Aikman. Aikman was literally doing a, a Fox game, and Andy called him and was like, hey, need a quarterback. And he's like, Andy, I'm in, I'm in the middle of a broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Big Red. Gee. All right, man. Thanks for the mailbags, Leon. Yeah. Good stuff. That's pretty good stuff right there. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, what's next? What's next? It's uh, the Fightins. Oh, man. Rob, the Phillies are 71 and 58. And they're still 14 games out of the division. Unbelievable. Every stat that I've seen that says, like, the Phillies are, like, 40 and 20 in their last 60 games. The only team better, the Atlanta Braves. Who are 55 and 5 in the last 60. The Phillies plus 95 in the last 12 games. The Braves, the only team better, plus 150. Like, every number is just like a – the Braves are at MLB The Show franchise mode. I can't wait till they collapse in the first round. I need it. Oh, I'm here for it. Strider, see ya. Uh, you mean the president of the Bernie Sanders Club? Is he now? When he was in college, he created a club called the Bernie Sanders Club. I probably joined that club. <laughs> this guy. Um. Well, I don't know if you saw this. I, I saw it in passing, and I want to get your talk thoughts on it do you know anything about the the scandal the cheating that's going on with the braves pitching at the pitch com is there I any don't. likes to this i have no idea I've, I've seen people suggest that the Rays are cheating because their their numbers are so astronomical but yeah i have no idea are the hitters like hearing the pitches because every hitter in their lineup has an 800 ops like their eight hitter is orlando arcio who has like 15 home runs i don't know I'm not sure i don't I know think it was, the, the, i was thinking the whole team is terrifying I think it's the other way, the pitching for the Braves. The pitch com. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe I don't know. They see I, something. I, haven't, I have no idea. I, I haven't seen anything about them actually cheating, but I've seen people suggest. <laughs> something to keep an eye on. They said that the Astros cheating was like huge, and then someone commented, well, when the Braves pitch com scandal comes out, they'll blow that out of the water. Interesting. Man, they must be hacking pitch com and hearing all the pitches being called. That's my guess is what people think are happening is happening. Nevertheless, the Braves are just best I mean, team in baseball. I'm trying to pull up their numbers. Did they, did they not play yesterday? Um, oh, here they are. Um, so their entire lineup. Giants? Who they face? Yeah, they play the Giants. Their entire lineup is, uh, so Arcia has fallen beneath it, but Acuna, 982, Harris, 788, Riley, 839, Olsen, 974, Ozuna, 853, Rosario, 798, Murphy, 896, RC is 774, Nicky Lopez 649. Th- those are the OPSs for this lineup, which is Jeez. absurd. Like most teams, team OPS is in the 700s. They're almost their entire lineup is in the eights. Dude, that's just it's crazy how good they are. I I, I hope that they're peaking at the wrong time, just like in years past with teams like the Mets. But I'm a little concerned they're gonna finally sustain it because they know what happened last year. But uh, I'll tell you this much: if they play the Phillies or the Cubs or the Giants, which is like, <clears throat> excuse me, is likely, 
Mm-hmm. Don't drop a game at home because I don't think any of those teams are dropping a game at home against you. Right. I saw that last year with the Phillies. They Phillies cemented themselves with the loudest fans in baseball. There's a chance Baltimore uh, stakes a claim this year, but Phillies fans last year really showed that there was a home field advantage. And like our buddy Nick Castellano said, it's tough playing in the jungle. So 100%. the Phillies are so the Phillies are 13 and a half back in the division of the what 84 and 44 Braves. It's it's crazy how great they've been. Yeah, uh, they're first in the wild card, two and a half up on the second place Cubs, four games up on the third place Diamondbacks. So they're four and a half games up on the top team that's out of it. So that's a good thing because yeah. the Reds are a half game back, third, four and a half out. Uh, the Giants are six out. They're a game and a half out of third. And the Marlins are three back to third. Puts them about, uh, was it seven out? Um, the Padres, Mets, Nats, and Pirates, seven plus games out of a wild card spot. The Nats and the Padres have the same record, which is crazy. Um, let's what go back disaster. to disaster. Yeah, we'll blow through this pretty quickly because we're a little bit removed from it. But they only took two out of three against the Nats last weekend. Two of those games were in Washington. One was in Williamsport. The Friday game was a loss. Michael Lorenzo got hit around pretty hard. Um, it was his first start since the no hitter. Both of his starts since that no hitter have been kind of shaky. So he had two really good starts to start his career here and then uh, kind of fell off. Um, Saturday, that was a big one. They won 12 to three. Yeah. Uh, they scored all 12 runs in the last three innings. Two home runs from uh, Trey Turner, both in the same inning. Jake Cave hit one. Nick Castellanos hit one. And then they lost the Little League Classic four to three, although it never felt that close. Um, Four runs on five consecutive hits to begin the first inning against uh, Wheeler. And then Cave hit a three-run homer in the ninth, but it was a little bit too late. Yeah. Uh, hold on, a co-worker just texted me. Uh-oh. Leon. <laughs> Listen to the show. So what is this going on here? Well, I mean, well, Rob's tuned to that. The Giants came into town. I was in game two for this one, I want to say. I was in game two for Anyway, Monday's game, 10-4 win. Nola, rough start, but good after seven innings. So, so opposite this game, I was in game one. That's where I was. Jesus. Yeah, it was rough. Nola gave up a home run early in the game. And then Sosa and Bomer. Harper, the inside of the park, was electric. Was oh, yeah, there. were you there for that? I was there. It was electric. Yeah. That's fun. They hit right off that outlay wall in center. Yeah. Same one as Real Muto did. In the almost the exact same spot. Yeah. Um, I, I was think... seated in right field. So obviously, if you've been to the Citizens mm-hmm. Bank Park, when you're sitting in right field, the balls hit there. You're just waiting for a crowd reaction to see yeah, what was going you on. You can't really see it. The, the, so apparently, John Middleton, I think, was interviewed about this. That wall was like designed for chaos, supposedly. Like when they built the ballpark, he wanted something in the outfield that would create a little bit of like a havoc, like a little bit of havoc out there. So they can bounce either which way or just my lord, yeah. Right there. If it hits that ball, because where it's coming from, if it hits down, it could shoot that way or just go straight down. Oh my but god, that's my, that's my favorite part of the park, aside from the the bell. Yeah, right. Well, for this one, I don't know. I didn't obviously because my angle was wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. weird. Don't know if the right fielder. Just didn't read it right because mm-hmm. I know from the playoffs. Cover you watched it the other day, where Muto hit the inside the ballpark. Acuna had a shit game all game. He had a bat at the plate and he was bad at fielding. When that ball ricocheted, and I think Harris was the first, the center fielder. Yeah, Michael Harris was the center fielder. Acuna just stayed right where he was in right field and just watched. And then when it was too late, then he started jogging over. He never came over to back up. So I'm curious if that's the same thing. People just start watching the right fielders just start watching and not 
reacting as you should to cover the, sec- the center fielder. Because it was weird. We were just like, did it fall? And when it fell, and then we're seeing everybody else see him, like, I guess he bobbled it. And we're like, all right, fuck it, go home. Great atmosphere, though, over there. And then... Company. Oh, we have company? Yeah, they, well, now they're gone. Yeah. And then Schwarber's yeah, well, okay. home run. Ugh. Schwarber's. That was not too far from you, right? Well, it was, was second, the second deck, deck right? Right yeah, over us. Right. I was like, whoa. Yeah. All I kept saying crushed. was, oh my God. The sound of that thing made. So he's got 36, right? Or 35? After yesterday's and stuff? Yeah, 35. Did he, did he hit one yesterday? It felt like. No, he didn't. He's, he's got like 35. He's only got 37 singles. So he has a chance to do Batting something. Batting 200 still. Yeah, this this has never happened. There's never been a 40 <laughs> homer guy with a negative war, and he's currently negative .4 because of his defense. Yeah. He, there's only been three players, I think, in the modern era who have had 35 home runs and had a negative war. He's got a chance to be the first 40 homer guy to not have at least a zero war. And he's also on pace. It's possible to finish with more home runs than singles, which is pretty crazy, like Joey Gallo territory. And the leadoff. And leadoff hitter. Uh, hey man, I always said let's put Stott there. Let's put somebody else there. I guess I don't look at the analytics. I I'm think Schwar- I think Schwarber's fine there. I I know a lot of old people want uh, like Turner. Well, maybe Turner could be a good leadoff guy. But if Harper's your three hitter, you don't want to go Schwarber, uh, Harper back to back lefties. I think Schwarber, Turner, Harper, Castellanos is a perfect one through four in the playoffs because you want a guy at the top that can give you immediate offense. And while he's not going to create havoc on the base paths, he can create havoc in the seats. Oh, yeah. Put that on a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> I think Schwar- I, I know it's a little unconventional, but I don't really know where else he fits in a lineup because you don't want like a 100-hitter batting fifth. But usually 100-hitters don't, don't start. They usually don't play. <laughs> right. But him at the eighth or ninth would be nice, I guess, if it was just not a power hitter. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't really know where it makes – because I was texting a friend of mine. And uh, he even he was like, I don't know where it makes sense to put him. Like, I know some people say, well, just put him four. He's a bopper. I don't know because his on base is pretty good. He sees a lot of pitches. At one yeah. point last year, I think he and Hoskins were one and two in pitches per plate appearance. So, mm-hmm. and you want a guy that strikes fear in the eye. When you have a leadoff hitter that just is a slap guy, it's hard to kind of piece together. Like, teams don't manufacture runs anymore. You're not, how many, how ball often ball. do you watch a game? Yeah. It happens a little bit because of Stott and Bohm here, but. How often do you watch a game and there's just like four consecutive singles? Like never. Home runs are the new single. We do the opposite. We do four consecutive hitters that hit doubles. And then they all strike out the next time up. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Or um we'll get to it in a bit, but like what? game time home run. Hopefully. Game time home run in the ninth. And then bases loaded. I mean, cleared now. You got no outs and all three guys are out. Can't get yeah. can't buy a run. Always. How often have we seen the Phillies lead off with a double, ground out, moves from the third, and the next two guys both get out, don't get the run home? Countless, countless. Weird, weirdly enough, recently it hasn't happened much, but it, it happens a lot. It so, will happen. Well, uh, to round up yeah. Monday's game, uh, as you mentioned here, Covey. Oh my goodness, what a disastrous outing! Oh, I don't think Christ. he even got an out, and if he thank, did, it was one. Thank God for Trevor Hoffman coming in and finishing <laughs> the job. Dude, I was like, get him off the field, or we should just do a standing ovation. Yeah, like, right. this guy's just losing it. So, um, uh, Jeff Hoffman has been this year's Andrew Bellotti, in my opinion. 
just a guy that they brought in who they kind of just took a shot on and has been like money. Hoffman, I have a lot of confidence in finishing these things out. He came in, he got a double play and a strikeout to end that game, or double play and a flyout to end that game. No right. run scored. So Covey, no idea why he's still on the team. Hoffman, thank God he came in and cleaned up that mess. Stop late. I turned to my buddy. I was like, I know this is your first Phillies game, but <laughs> this is fitting that it might be a loss right now, even though yeah, we're you, up big. You get, you get the full experience. Right. Uh, Tuesday, the Turner walk-off single. Harbor had a home run in the first, and they, they didn't score again until the end. Um, <laughs> so this is an interesting stat. It's kind of a cherry-picked stat. So Camilo Duvall, the, the closer for the Giants, yeah, he has had 18 instances this season where an at-bat was 0-2, and then the next pitch was the final pitch of the at-bat. Brandon Marsh is the first guy to reach base in such an instance. So wow. uh, he had a single, and then um, Turner's comments after – the Marsh single, everyone got on their feet and stayed on their feet. You can feel that. I know what's going on. You try to focus on your bat and you're locked in, but the energy was really good. That felt like the playoffs right there, which is pretty cool. That's why he came here. Hey, man. It's something I said. As you said, we solidified as the best ballpark. I mean, the best crowd noise in, in the bigs. It's going to be interesting to see how this team plays in the playoffs, especially being the number one seed. Yeah. Be the home home game I, for sure. I hope they don't go into it um, expecting to win. Yeah. The way they went into it last year is we're going to come in and shock the world. I don't want them to go in and just feel entitled to winning. Well, I think there should be a hunger because Turner on the Dodgers last year, they got bounced in really embarrassing fashion. The Phillies lost at the very end. The guys they brought in, I think, are all guys that are hungry to win. So, Yeah. A full season with Stott and Bohm out there. Yeah. Schwarber is starting to get hot now. Full season of like Sosa kind of being here too. Harper coming back. Castellanos, full season of him not sucking anymore. Right. <clears throat> Turner um, seems to have figured things out, at least to an extent. Well, we'll get to that in a moment, actually. Right. Um, who else? We got Lorenzen back, and he's had the highest of highs. Yeah. And that outing, as you yeah. mentioned, what, last week? The lows of lows. And I don't know if he's ever played in the playoffs either. So he would be a guy similar to like a Suarez. I mean, Walker started the season kind of weirdly. Then he was good for about two months and he's had a little bit of a dead arm recently. But I think he's a guy that could be useful in the playoffs. Right. Uh, you got a lot of Kimbrell. Kimbrell. Solidifying you know, that bullpen. A lot of experience. Alvarado is healthy. Dominguez, I think, is healthy. He's he's still trying to get back. I mean, yeah, he's, he's back, but he's not the same. He's not himself. Hoffman's we need Ranger. We need Ranger back. We need, need Ranger back. He needs those calls. And Chris Sanchez has been good. I don't know if he's going to be on the playoff roster, but Chris Sanchez has been very good for them. Yeah. Uh, Nola's got to yeah, figure it out. Yeah. It, it, they're only going to go as far as Nolan Wheeler can take him. Right now, Wheeler leads the league in war, uh, pitching war. So yeah. uh, Wednesday, they lost 8 6 in extras. Bryce Harper, dramatic home run off the, uh, the foul pole. Um, Duvall, I think, has blown four consecutive saves, uh, which is crazy. Uh, three games set with St. Louis, three against the Angels to follow. For, uh, Friday, they beat Miles Michaelis again. First Beautiful. time seeing him since the playoffs. Love it. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, home run in the first, and then uh, that was it. Uh, so Kyle Schwarber, I think I even said this yesterday, first Philly to hit 35 homers in back-to-back seasons mm -hmm. since Ryan Howard did it four straight seasons. <laughs> and then uh, Alec Bohm, 14th home run. That ties his career high. Um, did he hit one yesterday? No, it was oh, no. okay. So he, he when he hits another one. By the way, yesterday the Phillies broke a team record for most home runs in a month. Uh 46, I believe. Stott's homer tied it. 
And then uh, Castellanos and Marsh put them over. I think they're at 48 now for the month of August with still a few games left. So most homers ever in a month. Um, uh, by the way, Tyler O'Neill scratched. He is the left fielder for the Cardinals. Over um, under 50 and a half home runs to over. end the month. I think they're going over. I think they're, I think tonight might be a, a, a boring a game where they kind of take a step backwards and lose to a pitcher no one's ever heard of. I think it's three uh, two today. Yeah, they're gonna lose like three nothing or something. Uh then they're gonna they're gonna blow out the Angels. Uh Stubbs double, Schwarber double. He's got stuck in the fence. Did you see that? I couldn't believe it. that was <laughs> I've never seen that before. It didn't get stuck in the padding part, it got stuck in the chain link. You mentioned it yesterday on the podcast. So I had to like look for this video. I'm yeah. like, what just I've, happened here? I've never seen that before. It, it, here anyway. <laughs> I've seen it before in real life, but yeah. Uh and then yesterday, uh they beat uh Dakota Hudson and the Cardinals 12-1. Of course, there was a home run by the. Didn't the Cardinals lead the game at one point? They yeah. led. They fled both games. <laughs> it was a uh, Baker. It was, it was one nothing. Yeah, that dude's dude. huge, by the way. Dude, he's there's a no, unit. Th- there's zero percent chance he's only six four, and I think they have him listed at two eighty. He, yeah. He's he's at least eight feet tall and like three ten. That dude's a unit. Holy crap, dude! My dad, I was wa- I was walking by. My dad's watching. He's like, Willie's doing good. He has like a lot of strikeouts, and this is like in the third inning. I'm like, yeah. oh, all right. I guess they're going to be doing good today. Hopefully we can score. I walk away. Literally, I hear McCarthy go off. I'm like, there's no shot. Uh, yeah, he sends it. I, yeah, we put it on, I think, in the fifth inning or so. And he was already at like 10 strikeouts by then, or like yeah. nine. Um, and then I saw this guy, Baker, battle. This guy's a unit. You know, where? Who is this? And he struck out on three pitches. So, um, Dude, naturally. launched one in the third inning, though. So, Turner, RBI, Marsh came home, uh, Cave. Scoring on a Harper single, Stott solo bomb, tied the Phillies' monthly record. Harper had another hit. Um, Castellanos scoring on a sack fly from Bohm. And then you got a Castellanos homer to left, honoring the three people that died. And then uh, Brandon Marsh, every home run feels like a just a rainbow to right field when he hits him. Right. I love watching Brandon Marsh hit. At one point, he was leading, right, early in the season? He, he's like, like top he, three. His on base percentage is like three something. He's great. Three seventy five. Actually, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but there you go. They set a record for home runs in August with four games still remaining. They take on a guy named Drew Rom today. So uh, no, leave it. You better be on your p's and q's, boy. The yeah, fuck out of here. This guy's got like one star. He's got like a fourteen ERA. So he's probably shutting them down. Right, uh, right. So I did a little research. I did it multiple times this week because we delayed recording. <laughs> Trey Turner, ever since the ovation on August 5th, he's hitting 351 with a 390 on base and a 649 slug, 1040 OPS, 27 hits, five homers, 15 runs batted in, and 11 runs. I'm sorry, 14 runs scored. Phillies are 11 and seven in that span, which is the second best record behind guess who the Braves. Um, they have the most, they're averaging the most runs per game in the NL. I think there's a team in the American League. I think the might be Seattle that's averaging more, maybe. Um, uh, Trey Turner also, by the way, tied with Chase Utley for an MLB record, not a Phillies record, but an MLB record 23 stolen bases this season without having been caught. Um, ironically, a friend of mine, uh, actually pointed out that Harper was threatening this two years ago, and then he got caught a few times. Um, he's 28 for his last 28 which ties Carlos Beltran's mark with uh, Houston in 2004. Beltran was traded midseason, though, and he was caught stealing with Kansas City prior to being um, traded to Houston, so his record kind of doesn't count. And then I wanted to point out some things. Brandon Marsh, the leap yeah. that he's taken this season. Right. Uh, Kevin Long, shout out Kevin Long. So Marsh batted 245 last year. He's hitting 289 right now. It's a 44-point increase. 
on base percentage 295 last year, 375 right now, which I think is second on the Phillies. That's an 80 point increase. Mm-hmm. Slugging percentage from 384 to 471 is an 87 point increase. His OPS has jumped up 197 points from 679 to 846. Isn't that right, big guy? Um, <laughs> walk percentage 6% up to 13. I'm sorry, up to 11%, 5.2% increase. Strikeout percentage has dropped 5%. Hard hit percentage is up 11%. Swinging strike, swinging strike percent is down 4%. And swinging at pitches outside the zone, he's down 6%. Um, his batting average on balls in play has also gone up 46 points from 360 to 406. And his uh, his war has gone from 1.7 on fan graphs and 1.6 on baseball reference to 2.9 on both platforms. And his OPS plus went from 91 which is 9% worse than the average hitter to 130, which is 30% better than the, uh, the average hitter. So his numbers crazy. He's on pace for more hits, runs, RBIs, homers, and total bases this season, which is really fun. What happens when you leave the angels? Yeah. What a and great pickup. He's been awesome. I mean, Logan O'Hopi looks like he might be a player. Moniac might be decent, but Marsh fits here so well. Yeah. And he's really stabilized things for them. They have a dilemma though. They have Rojas, what do you do with him? Pache. Pache, yeah. Um, another guy, here's another set of stats for you. Since June 2nd, which is the yeah. day Kyle Schwarber was moved back to the leadoff spot, seemingly for good. Mm-hmm. He's one of only two players that will be during that span have 20 home runs and 50 walks. Can you guess the other? Barry Bonds. Uh, no, like current player. Like during oh, that. Fair. Since June 2nd. Acuna. I don't know. Think bigger. Otani. Damn. So that's correct. I know it's kind of cherry picked, but still kind of fun. He's third on, on the Phillies and OPS since June 2nd at 814. Stott, 858, Harper, 840 are the two guys ahead of uh-uh. him. And then and then JT <laughs> is at 813, Marsh 808. Uh, the Phillies are 46 and 27 since June 2nd uh, with the second best win percentage and the second best run differential behind. behind guess who? Atlanta. The Atlanta Braves. It's like the Wilt Chamberlain effect. It's like every time you see something, it's, it's oh, Wilt did this 11 times. <laughs> it'll be much sweeter when we beat them in the playoffs oh man i can't wait give me all these stats motivation i'm with you um i guess while we're on the baseball let's look back at the preseason predictions that i teased four times we never did um because i'm lazy oh my goodness embarrassing stuff here we're gonna go through this pretty quickly (laughs) all right so playoff teams uh our division winners cleveland yeah, for you, Cleveland, Yankees, Houston, St. <laughs> Louis, Atlanta, San Diego. I had Cleveland, Tampa, Houston, St. Louis, Atlanta, San Diego. Uh, it's currently Minnesota, Baltimore, Texas, Milwaukee, Atlanta, and the Dodgers. So we are both one for five here. We um, confirmed that we know the NL East very well. Yeah, so we, we're very good <laughs> at projecting the NL. We, we, you know who you play the most. Right. Uh, so your wild cards were the Dodgers, Giants, Phillies, uh, which all three of those teams are probably going to make the playoffs. Tampa, Toronto, Seattle. Good chance that all three of those make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, mine were the Dodgers, the uh, the Mets. Um, Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. The Phillies, the Yankees. Uh, Toronto, Toronto and Seattle, which um, looks like four of those teams will probably be in. Uh, currently, it's Tampa, Houston, Seattle, Philly, Chicago, Cincinnati. Um, although the, the wild card is changing daily. Um, did, you, did you know that when you mentioned earlier that the Padres have the same record as the national nationals those teams have one less win than the yankees oh really they're all, yeah they're all in the bottom oh my god 
Yeah, tra- yeah tragic. Yankees are like still kind of in the playoff rate. They're only like five and a half out. Right. It's weird. They get out of their own way, man. That, that, see, that's the good thing about adding the wild card. The third wild card is it really it gives teams a chance. And teams that otherwise would sell at the deadline are buying. So that team I would be scared of if they can just squeeze into the playoffs. If they can get in, that means that their pitching probably stepped up. So Rodon and Severino would have to really be carrying them or Cortez or whatever. Uh, so I can't find current odds for some of these things because uh, manager of the year, there was no odds to begin with. Yeah. At MVP, they took him down with Otani's injury. So uh, manager of the year, you have Kevin Cash and Rob Thompson. I don't know who the favorites are. I have Brandon Hyde and Bob Melvin. I have a feeling that Hyde is probably the favorite for the AL because of how Baltimore's played. It's either him or Bochi with Texas. And then the NL, I think David Ross maybe with the Cubs is probably the favorite or David Bell with the Reds because those two teams are in the playoffs. It, it could be either of those. I think I have a feeling it'll be Bochi in the AL. And then in the NL, I think it could be whoever the one wildcard team that you don't expect, like Arizona, the Cubs or the Reds, whoever gets in, it'll probably be that team. Um, rookie of the year, we both had Volpe in the AL. It's Gunnar Henderson is the favorite right now. Um, I had Corbin Carroll in the NL. You have Jordan Walker. Corbin Carroll is actually the favorite. So I have no idea who Jordan Walker is anyway. Um, I just picked him. He's actually on the Cardinals. He's on the Cardinals, so you'll see him today. Uh, we're 0 for 4 on the Cy Young. Uh, I oh, had Christian, Christian Javier and Max Freed. Freed is injured. Why didn't you? <laughs> oh you have DeGrom and Verlander. DeGrom's dead. Verlander got traded. So Cole and Gallon are the two favorites right now. Oh, man. Um, MVP. I had J-Rod and Nolan Arenado. You had Judge and a combination of Soto and Goldie. There's no odds right now in the AL, although Atani was the favorite at the time he got injured. Yeah. Um, and Acuna will probably win it in the NL. Oh, and maybe not. Betts and Freeman are both in there. So, yeah. They're in there. Mets is having a tremendous year. Interesting stuff. Uh, stat leaders, home runs. Um, we're, home. we're both doing poorly here. At least you have a reason. Your guy's hurt. My guy just sucks. You have Mike Trout, 18. Vladdy, 19 for me. Um, Shohei Otani leads with 44. Matt Olson right behind with 43. RBIs, I had Crazy. Goldie. Goldie's got 68. Jose Ramirez was your pick with 69. Matt Olson has 112. The next closest, I think, has like 95. Hits, yeah. we both had Trey Turner. He's at 133. That Freddie wasn't too bad. No, that felt like a good pick. Freddie Freeman leads it with 172. Well, I mean, if he didn't suck for the first portion of the season, he'd probably yeah, be up there. he'd probably be up there. Um, average, the current leader is Luis Rise at 351. I have Jeff McNeil hitting 266, and you have Aaron Judge 270, but he's not qualified because of the time he missed. Yeah. But ERA, none of our guys are qualified. Verlander missed time. Bieber's been out for a while. Blake Snell leads the league in ERA. Strikeouts, uh, Spencer Strider might actually get to 300. I had Garrett Crazy. Cole, and you have Aaron Nola, both in the top 15. And then the only thing that either of us has gotten right so far <laughs> – uh, the saves leader, Emmanuel Classe, is tied at 34 with Alexa Diaz. That was my pick. And then you have Josh Hader, not far behind, at 27. Yeah. Um, no hitters. We both said five. Uh, there are four. Uh, Domingo Herman was a perfect game. The Tigers threw a combined with Matt Manning, Jason Foley, Alex Lang, uh, Framber Valdez, and Michael Lorenzen through the other two. Cycles, there have been four this year. Uh, that's actually pretty high. I had two. You had three. Uh, Luis Arise, Cedric Mullins, JT Relamuto. And uh, Ellie De La Cruz, all with the cycles. And then we did highest war among pitchers on new teams. Real quick, though, real quick, yes. real quick. I did have here two by the same guy on the cycles. I think Ellie could do it. I was just going to say, I think Ellie is more likely to do it maybe two more times on top of that. I wouldn't be sure. He's a lightning He's, bolt. Dude. He went first to home the other day in like nine seconds. Crazy. He's the fastest player I think I've ever seen. Dude, it's something to be said by bringing up these young guys 
Baltimore yes. just said, fuck it, bring the farm up. Let's well, look go. At Cincinnati, they keep calling it. Uh, McLean is good. Yep. Uh, Spencer Steer is really good. Uh, De La Cruz is so good. I mean, the pitching is pretty good. I mean, the card, I mean, the Marlins should be doing something like that. Mar- I mean, I mean the Marlins kind of do. I mean, they have Yuri Perez pitching right now. Uh, imagine if Sixto were healthy. Look at that. Um, so, highest, we did a highest war among pitchers on new teams and then uh, position players. I had Chris Bassett. You had Taiwan Walker. It's Pablo Lopez. Dude, I was close. Yeah, very close. And then I have um, Trey Turner and you had Mitch Haneker for war among players. And it's actually Sean Murphy. Uh, best record. Um, you said Padres. I said Rays. It's the oh. Braves. Worst record. I said Nats. You said Reds. It's the A's, which is pretty sad. Biggest win increase. I can't find this. I'm going to guess it's the Rangers, which you actually had. Let's go. Uh, my team actually went backwards. The Royals. Biggest win decrease. I might actually have this. It's the Mets. You have the Dodgers. It's probably the A's, though. Yeah. I can't find the answer anywhere. And then the Phillies over under. You had them just under. I had them just over. Oh, come They're on, on. pace. They're on pace to go over by a half game. Nice. Uh, overs and unders. You had Tampa, Washington, Arizona over. All three appear to be headed that direction. I had Kansas City, Baltimore, Seattle over. Only two, the latter two are projected to do so. Unders, you have the Mets, Angels, and um, Minnesota. They are all currently on pace to do that. My unders were Boston, Oakland, and Texas. And I am only going to hit on one of those, which is Oakland. So You have an exact record. <laughs> Yeah, I said Oakland's going to win 55. In the, 55 um, and 107. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, your fantasy team. So Yes, my football t- fantasy Take us team. through it here. I have your roster here and then uh, some questions about your league. Oof. All right, here we go. Um, it was on a whim. I was like, you know what? <sighs> fuck it. I think it's too late to ask. Robbie's on his honeymoon. It's like, fuck it. Let me just go on ESPN and just download and just – get into a draft like night of no prep, no nothing. So that probably answers one of your questions there. My philosophy and strategy during just who can I pick up at this moment? I'm just sweating bullets. I didn't do any prep, but uh, it's a 10 man. It's a 10 team league. Yes. It's a PPR. And interesting enough is a 14 playoffs. Two oh, rounds. Okay. So is it two weeks per round? Yeah. Yeah. And then I had the pleasure of picking eighth in a snake draft. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. Um, I'm guessing that was Derrick Henry, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but man, did I I I didn't expect Bijan Robinson still being on the board. If I had known that, I would have picked him up. Mm. And fittingly, the guy right behind me picked Bijan Robinson instantly. But uh, I bounced back and got uh, Nick Chubb in the second round with my second pick. Yeah, your running back. your running backs are pretty deep. Yes. Pause. Um, let's see. What else? Was there anyone? So for the folks listening at home. Not not really. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so your roster is Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, Christian Kirk, Odell Beckham Jr., Chris Godwin, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Alan Lazard, Dallas Goddard, Mike Gesicki, Eagles, Jake Elliott. So you, I think it's pretty, 10 teams. It's not a bad team. Quarterbacks, you probably don't need all three. Oh, I'm trading Derek Carr. Because you're going to you're gonna ride Herbert for most of the season anyway. Pause. Uh, uh, and, uh You know, tight ends are probably good. You're probably good with the two you have. So I, I think it's a good team. No, I might get away just hockey. 
I could tell you went a little equal heavy on the special teams, but defense and kicker, you don't, there's not a ton of variance between each of them. So it doesn't really matter. It gives you something to root for. I mean, Dallas Goddard was just sitting there. I was like, fuck it. Yeah. At this point, I'll take him. Then Elliott was just like literally my last pick in a way. So I don't fuck it. Most I people end like, with the picker, with the kicker anyway. So I, I didn't pick three quarterbacks on purpose. One was an auto draft because I fell asleep <laughs> at the clock. I didn't realize I was uh, I was doing research, looking at what who's available, and I'm like, I haven't gone yet. And I look at my draft, and I'm like, oh, you picked Russell Wilson. I'm like, the fuck, I did. I already had two quarterbacks. I was just like, fuck. Um, what was surprising for me, and obviously because I don't do any research, I don't play fantasy football. Last time I did, I won the whole thing in your league. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> one and done um it was very uh running back wide receiver heavy in the first three rounds i want to say except for the outliers like kelsey mahomes Allen yeah. hurts they were pretty much gone in the first two rounds easy 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 easy. and i made the rookie mistake of picking justin herbert in the third round like you could have got him in the 12 in the 12 i'm like i don't fucking know i was just trying to stack up my team best i could i think i did a pretty good job I've noticed it's not really about where you pick the guys. It's just about who you have. Uh, somebody in one of my leagues picked Ben Roethlisberger early in the league, and he was like, it doesn't really matter where you got him. It's the fact that you got him at all. Because some um, people, uh, Kelsey goes early in a lot of leagues. Oh yeah. Mahomes goes too early in every league. Um, the you difference between yeah, the difference between him and QB2 is not the same as the difference between like running back five and the running back 10. So I think going with the skill guys early is really the move. Gotcha. Um, let me see. Oh, surprises. Joe Mixon just fell right in my lap in the fourth, yeah. fourth round. I was like, oh, all right. I already have Henry Chubb and Swift at the time. I was like, all right, I'll pick up Mixon. Why not? Let's go. Well, I was already thinking of getting Swift. Another uh, Eagles heavy. I think I went a little too Eagles heavy. But hey, yeah. wide receivers, I was like, I'll do with this. Alan Lazard was like dead near the last, I think my 13th round. Yeah, he's a good pick late. I was like, Aaron Rodgers is going to feast on this. Let's go. Donovan Peoples-Jones is good because um, Sean Watson has no one else to throw the ball to anyway. Except for him and, and Joku. They have uh, Cooper, I think, also. Oh, yeah. Mark Cooper's still there? I think so. Yeah. Why not? And I mean, aside from that, there's really nobody else catching passes there. So, and Godwin, um, the question is whether or not the quarterback can get the ball to him because it's Baker slash Kyle Trask or – you know, whoever down there. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I, I like the teams. Yeah, my team name, it was something else I forget, but now it's called Bob's Burger. There uh, you go. Something different. But yeah, I might do another one to redeem myself now that I know so, what I'm looking for. I actually, so I had a team with both Nick Chubb and DeAndre Swift last year, mm-hmm. and my team name was Swift Kicking the Chubb, <laughs> which works because you have Joe Mixon, who I think kicked a pregnant lady, right? So, yes. I know that was Kareem Hunt. Never mind. Joe Mixon oh. just slept her. Um, oh, right. I, I now remember my team. My original team name was Deshaun Don't Touch Down There. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a league. Somebody has the name Demardiac Arrest. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, that was credit to TikTok, by the way. I couldn't come up with that on my own. Yeah, I don't have too many good ones this year. I, I usually come up with something funny, but ESPN has really limited the words you can use. Yeah. One of the teams I have is called Sometimes Good, Sometimes Shit, and I haven't changed it in four years, <laughs> and it won't make me change it. And if I change it, I can't change it back, so I'm going to keep the same name. 
why not because <laughs> it's it's based on that video of that guy sometimes maybe good sometimes, sometimes maybe shit. shit. <laughs> that was a great one <laughs> that's one of my favorite videos all right, all right so, yeah, that's it round of time round up right. top 10 and we're out of here gotcha all right rob is howie roseman on track to be a hall of famer since regaining control after Chip Kelly's departure, thank God, right? Yeah, right. We've made the playoffs five out of the last seven. Six playoff wins, six and four total. A Super Bowl, two NFC championships, two different quarterbacks, Wentz and Hurts. Four if you want to count Foles and Minshew. So he did it with two different quarterbacks, which is pretty crazy. Two different head coach, Peterson and Sirianni. Also crazy. Um, two, Three different offensive coaches. Uh, Reich? Graw and no OC in 2020, but Steichen, who is who's who's the coach now? Arizona? No, Colts. Gannon, Colts. Yes, yeah. Jesus. And similarly, before with Johnson, uh, two different defensive coordinators, Schwartz and Gannon. That piece of shit should it be three? Desai. I'm really happy. I'm really excited about uh, Desai. Also, dude, have you watched any of the preseason? I've seen some of the like the tweets about what he's doing. He's very creative. Very. Um, and difficult to quantify, but countless trades, quote unquote, one where he acquired future picks or offloaded players who were no longer deemed good fits, traded for uh, Gardner Johnson, uh, right? Yep. Gardner, yeah, Gardner Johnson and Jerry Turnigan, Slay, Darby, AJ, and Ajayi. Hmm. He has also great free agent additions with Jeffrey Reddick, Bradbury, Foles, the GOAT, Elliot, Hargrave. Wisniewski, Brooks, Brooks, Robinson, Blount, Long, Evan Mathis, Barwin, Torsmith, McLeod, and Malcolm Jenkins. A lot of good free agent guys, yeah. A mouthful right there. And lastly, in 2018 draft, he got with no, Joshua. With, with oh. no first-round pick, mind you. Jesus. He traded the pick back, and uh, the pick actually wound up being Lamar Jackson. Oh, but Jesus. <laughs> they got the pick that became one of these guys. Uh, it was Joshua, Avante Maddox, Dallas Goddard, Jordan Mylida and Matt Pryor. Now you might not think Pryor is all that important, but they traded him to the Colts for, I believe, might have been Pascal if you, they, whatever it was. Pryor wound up being a pretty good player for the Colts, and all those yeah, other four Pascal. guys are starting players on the Eagles now. And I owned a Dallas Goddard Kelly Dream jersey. I so. will probably own a Jordan Mylida one as well, dude. I I wanted one so bad. I should have fucking got it when a friend, I had a chance. A friend of mine met him at a bar once and said he was like the coolest guy in the world. But yeah, I think Howie Roseman's on track to being a Hall of Fame executive, GM of the year yeah. every year. I mean, he's incredible. And now it's become well known across medias that when we talk about GM and the Eagles getting involved in a player like, say, Jonathan Taylor, Howie Roseman's going to do something. Yeah. He's going to make something happen. He, um, Mike Mayock, told a story on Chris Long's podcast. He said Roseman would call in the preseason and be like, "I want to make a trade with you this year." And then, like, just call back at the deadline. You go, uh-oh, why is Roseman calling me? Right. He's going to win this. Um, <laughs> if you were the Eagles, would you take a chance on punter Matt Ariza? I think it's a Ariza, whatever. He's the former San Diego State punter. He's nicknamed the punt god. Uh, if you remember, he was actually drafted by the Bills. Yes. Uh, he, he's most known for being accused of sexual assault. However, he's been completely, like, the charges are completely gone. He was not in the, the building, the house or whatever, when all the stuff happened. So he actually was not involved at all. So he has no involvement in this, in this case. And he left, Jesus. you know, hours prior. Would you bring him in and get rid of CPOS? 
at this point, I mean, I'll give, I'll take a look at him, but this should have been done in the preseason. I don't know how he's not on the roster. I don't know why he's not on the roster right now. It's the stigma that came with it. Like it's weird. Even if he doesn't have involvement, people associate him with this. The damage is done. Yeah, that's a shame. That's a shame. His career. I would. I would think he signed right. He just got drafted. I don't think he even got paid yet. Really, he got drafted last year by the Bills, and then he never played or anything. Yeah, so he never got paid, really. Never got his NFL. Yeah, it's a shame. It, it sucks. If he truly had no involvement at all, then that woman should be in jail. Honestly. um, Yeah, I would give him a shot, especially fuck it, give a new second chance, man. Second yeah, chance. He really, wasn't involved. Really a first chance, honestly, because he never really got it. And you want to better chance. the team, right? Better the team. Yeah. And this is the uh, even if this guy's a problem at all, this locker room will straighten out pretty quickly. Yeah. In worst case, dump him. Yeah, okay. Punisher Diamond does. You can find a different one. All right. All right. According to, forgive me here, Kyle. No, no idea. Bonagura. <laughs> Bonagura. Bonagura. Of ESPN.com, Reggie Bush is filing a defamation lawsuit against the NCAA. Should he be returned? Wait, what? Should he be returned his Heisman? Yes. Yeah. Without Give it back to him. What the fuck? Um, so the Colts have set next Tuesday, or this upcoming Tuesday, is the deadline for T. Teams to send trade offers for running back Jonathan Taylor. Six teams have reportedly checked in with two teams making trade offers for the disgruntled running back. Uh, they've now been reported as Miami and Philly. Uh, the Chicago Bears have checked in. He reportedly would not be happy with the trade to the Chicago and would not want to sign there <laughs> long term. Prefers Miami. He's hell-bent on going to Miami. Will take less to go there. Um, they're probably not getting a first-round pick for him. It seems like at this point the second-round pick that most teams are offering for him. Uh, do you think he's worth a second? Um, as you say right here, the Eagles have reportedly offered a second round pick, and I heard yeah. also Miami has also offered a second. The Colts want a first rounder. You ain't they're getting not, that. They're not getting that. You should realize it. Just take. I don't know. And this is co- coincides with uh, Dame Lillard and Harden. You want to go here, but I guess the team's not offering, and the current yeah. team isn't happy. Go somewhere else and find your way back to the team that you want to be. Ultimately, it's silly. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Or sit out. I don't know. But this is ridiculous. Um, what was the question? Sorry. Do you think he's worth a second round pick? Sure. If um the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Sure. Because he wants to come here. Fuck it. We got we got a who is it? Mostert? Who's the running back over there? I think it is Mostert. See? Yeah, you're immediate upgrade. Eagles, no shot. No shot. No yeah. shot. Don't want him. No, no, none of that. You just spent what, as you say, like eight million on four or five backs. Now you're gonna what spend twelve million on one, diminishing <laughs> the roles of the others, as you mentioned yesterday on the podcast. Yep. No thanks. No, get out of here. Yeah, I'm good. Unless you can find a way to flip that to get someone else. Sure, Howie. Yeah, but uh, you're not you're not gonna keep him long term. Why get him? He Unless you want to win now, sure. But he doesn't care about winning. It doesn't seem like it. Doesn't He's hell bent like on it. taking less to go to Miami, who's not the front runner even in that division, especially with Rogers there now. They might not even be second in that division. Exactly. Shit, I don't know. Who knows? But no, I'm I'm good. I'm off that. Uh, it's no longer today, but this is actually two days ago for this next one. Oh, shit. yesterday was the four year anniversary of Andrew Luck's abrupt retirement at the age of 21. Rob, after seven seasons with the Colts, uh, this occurred right before the 2019 season. What did you make? What do you think at the time? I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. I was like, for what? 
I thought it was like a career-ending injury. Yeah, I, I, if anybody were smart enough to get out in time, it was him. But I was yeah, still right. surprised, it just was... because of the timing of it. I thought if he was retiring, it should have been before the draft or before free agency, not right before the season begins. Right, like we're what a week or two away, and then they just said, "Ah, I'm done." Yeah. Um, in kinda, honor of kind of screwed him honestly. Pretty much that whole season was just like, all right, yeah. plug and go. I get why I get why he was heartbroken at the fact that they booed him, but I also understand why they booed him. He screwed him. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't know why. Oh, we got a Tony Gonsolin is expected to miss the rest of the season for the Dodgers with an elbow injury. Oh, the elbow injuries again. Oh my um, God. Yeah, it's it's never ending. It's an epidemic now. I saw him in L.A. Actually. Oh really? First pitch of the game, home run. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> um. Staying on the luck topic here, in honor of our upcoming position rankings with the tight ends, if he remained active for the last four seasons, where do you think he would rank right now among current NFL quarterbacks? Hmm. I put him second. Really? Yeah. Behind Mahomes? Yeah. No. I think he's better than Josh. He would have been better than Josh Allen. No. He would have taken care of the ball better than Josh Allen. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, uh, I'd probably have with Burrow somewhere in that two, three range. Depends if he would have, I mean, if he stayed healthy is the big thing here. If he got hurt a few times, that really hurts him. I would there, say there really hasn't, five. there hasn't been a quarterback like him. I mean, Wentz? Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence might have been, yeah, Wentz when he was great, like that one year was the closest thing we had at Andrew Luck, but I but, think Lawrence might have been the best prospect we've seen. And yeah. even he hasn't been the he's caliber of Andrew Luck. Yeah, he's shown glimpses, but he hasn't been the same caliber as luck and all these other guys. I would have said maybe four or five. I think it's Holmes, Allen, Lamar. You got Burrow and Hurts in there too. And Burrow, I think Hurts is right below, right I after uh Luck. Luck had a special arm. He's a big dude too. Yeah. In frame. He, but the thing is with those like when so smart. Your body takes a toll and yeah. And the Colts historically didn't really have. Oh, they didn't do it. They weapons. didn't protect him. Yeah, they didn't yeah. protect him either. So uh, that's what I'm saying. He probably wouldn't even be in the. He'd probably be a backup somewhere. <laughs> uh, to be honest. Speaking but of yeah. backups, the Giants have released James Robinson, second team this offseason to release him. Every signed with the Patriots early on, and then released not too long after. Uh, do you think he's on a roster come week one? No, I don't think so either. Maybe I mean during the season, sure. If I'm not mistaken, I think Kareem Hunt's still free to toe. That's a mistake. Cleveland should have just kept him. That's a two head combination right there. Him and Joe. Yeah, he's a free agent still. Ah, I don't know. That's just dumb. All right, Rob. Last one. Who wins the ALS? AL West? Seattle currently is in first. Texas is on an eight game losing streak. Was on an eight game losing streak. I think they won last night. Yeah, I think they won last night. And then Houston's four and eight in their last twelve. I don't know if that's accurate as well. Maybe they're five um, and seven. I'll have to take a look real quick. See if they won last night. Nonetheless, this was... Seattle is the top dog. Uh, I think it's Seattle. They were so close last year. So close. Very close. Uh, they're five and eight in the last thirteen. Houston. I think yeah. Seattle was close. They they're on fire right now. J Rod is carrying them. It's got to be them. And Texas. Dude, since getting Scherzer, my goodness. Whew. 
yep. to the bottom. Straight downhill. It's a shame. <laughs> and the Mets are playing decent. They're playing, pretty, yeah, they're playing pretty well. The Mets actually have a really easy schedule to the rest of the way. So, I mean, they don't be shocked if they make some noise and almost get in. It's something to be said about the young guys just getting some yeah. time to play now. There's no yeah. pressure. Their whole team is young and uh, a lot less pressure. They still have Nimmo. They still have Alonzo. They still, they, Alvarez is emerging. McNeil's playing. Uh, Speaking of the polar bear, this moron. Did you see what he did? Yep. Throwing the ball. The first sure hit into the sand. He launched it, actually. Yeah. And then the brawl was like, I'm not giving it away, really, until she got. They gave her like a bad. I'm glad they didn't. They booed her. But. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so we're going to do a top 10. And then we'll uh, we'll do a couple more later in the, uh, like, tomorrow and then the next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, we did four top. We did four top lists toward the end of the summer. We're going to start with the most boring, which is the tight ends. We'll do wide receivers and running backs tomorrow, and then we'll do quarterbacks to wrap it all up. Um, so how do you want to do this? It should really be a top five tight end, but there is yeah, a handful. I'm, I'm fine with doing a top five. I have six through ten listed here. I mm-hmm. can just read them quickly, and then we can alternate for five through one if that's what you want to do. Might be better just to do top five for the other positions too. Sure. Uh, you want to alternate, or do you want to just list? Uh, yeah. Where do you want to start with five? Because uh, I I wrote my I can read my six through ten honorables here. See, I can do the same thing too. Okay, now, let's just read them quickly then. All right. And probably, I'm pretty sure one of us will have one or two cut ins in the honorable that should be in the. Top I wouldn't five. be surprised if we have the same top five anyway. In different orders, maybe. Yeah. All right. For me, us uh, number ten, Schultz. I have He's David. And, I have David and Joku ten. Schultz just missed for me. He's number eleven for me. Okay, so there you go. We're pretty close. Uh, Tyler Higby, I believe that's his name. Tyler Higby for the Rams is number nine for me. I had him just outside of this. I think he's good, but I think without Stafford being one hundred percent or being Stafford, that hurts him. I have Evan Engram nine. He really balled last year. All right, Engram is in this list as well. There All you right. Go. Uh, I have Kyle Pitts at eight. I have Pat Fryermuth from the Steelers at number eight. I didn't watch too much of the Steelers. I mean, I'm sure. I didn't see I him know. a ton, but I looking at his numbers and watching the stuff that I did see from him, I thought he was pretty good. Okay, that's fair. Uh, number seven is Evan Ingram for me. Okay, Darren, I have Darren Waller seven. Perfect, and he's number six for me. And Just I have Pitt, five. I have Pitt six. So, oh, so we got yeah, we're kind of there, yeah. So the top um, five is the same five guys. I do have uh, three other honorables. Sure. It was Njoku. Uh, Komet for the Bears. I think he's going to be good. Komet's pretty good. It's a nice safety blanket for a field. Uh, Jaseki, resurgence with New England. Yeah. Never know what Belt Belch is going to do. Yeah. And then uh, Dawson Knox. He's, he, yeah. he'll be sneaky and give you a couple touchdowns one or two games throughout the season. He's sneaky good. Yeah, I have a couple honorables. Uh, Gasicki's one of them. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Okonkwo with the Titans, I think, is going to be pretty good. Dalton, Kinca- uh, Dalton Kincaid is going to be good too. It's just Ooh. young, uh, the Bills. And, Another one, okay. And yeah, uh, and Higby is just on the outside for me, also. Gotcha. All right. You want to kick off the five or? Yeah, sure. Number right. five for me is Dallas Goddard. I think that his combination of blocking, receiving, route running, and hands has definitely. I'm not saying this is a homer. It's definitely put him on this list. Um, I think Kyle Pitts by the end of the season could definitely be better than him, though. So I, I'm not saying. Mm-hmm. I think right this second, I think Goddard is a better player than Pitts, Waller, and all the other guys here. But I don't think he's quite elite. He's just like in that good to very good category. 
That's fair. And He's a very I good have... blocker. Is, uh, very kind good. Of, a lot of tight ends are good receiving now, but not they kind of lack in blocking. But I think the blocking aspect certainly helps him. Yeah, I have Goddard as well at five for all the same reasons. I have him at five as well. Okay. Uh, number four for me, even though he's been kind of in and out of consciousness the last few years, I have George Kittle four. <laughs> um, I still think that he's a game-breaking, you know, game-wrecking type end type of player. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's as good as the three guys ahead of him, and I don't think he's that much better than the couple guys behind him. But if he stays healthy, I think you'll see this season why a lot of people believed for a little while he was the best tight end in football. Let's just let's just uh, rip the band-aid here. I think we have the same list. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> it's got to be the same list. Uh, who's your number three? Uh, TJ Hawkinson. Okay, he's my three also. And then Mark Andrews and then <laughs> yep. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, tight ends are just <laughs> – there's a little bit less variance with tight ends than there's other positions. Yeah. At mean, least they, when we get to the running backs and the receivers, we'll have some variance. But, yeah, the think, tight ends – the top five is the top five, in my opinion. But yeah. Arguably Pitts may, may be in the top five, but yeah. – uh, it's like that with, five yeah. through ten, from Goddard down, you can make an argument. So, oh yeah, you, you could probably put that in any order you wanted. Like Waller um, in his prime without injuries, top three. Like, Engram, if if not for yeah. the fact that he was a bust early on, and Joku, if not for the fact that he had a rapist throwing the ball to him, you could probably mix and match all the that. Higby with a consistent like, quarterback. Yeah, Higby and Kasiki, you could throw some of those guys in there. Top five, I think, just is the top, well, the top four is the top four in my opinion. It's Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Kittle. And then you can argue Goddard down to eight or nine if you wanted to, but I would like the Eagles to get like a second quality tight end. Yeah, I need that badly. Need that. Need it. speed too. A speedy one. You have Just give me somebody boy. that can block and catch. I mean, I know that's kind of hard. And you're asking for the perfect tight end, but right. <laughs> it it sucks that they only have the one guy. Because when he was out, it was like, oh, stole. Calcaterra. Wow, how fun is this? There's nothing opposite of another tight end from Goddard than like a Hispanic looking tight end with some tattoos, a buzz cut, um, preferably a Z to end the name. May or may not be gay. <laughs> exactly. You can hit all the markets. You know, yeah, he's, he's a man, he's football, but then he can hit the other side. He can get all, everyone involved, inclusive. You, you need a guy that's just a real killer. And <laughs> right, right. Has that has that like killer mentality. And can, a killer you know, instinct. Yeah, he just he, he can hang he can hang with the, the the biggest players in the league and you know but he's not but he's also reserved and keeps to himself. You don't yeah. hear about him, you don't see him flashy only in the end zone, you know. But you know but you know he can hang. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you can um, put man. him out if you need to, you can split him out wide. He can be, you know, in solitary confinement out to the, the far side of the field. Oh yeah, he can handle his own one on one. You would think. Yeah. The documentary <laughs> was a, a crime against nature on Aaron Hernandez. For real. They had people in there that like the Hernandez family said they've never met before. That's crazy, right? The guy that like like said he was like his lover. People were like, this guy's never met Aaron Hernandez before. He's just lying on TV. But like, like, um, what is it? The, the punter. Once Matarino. something's aired, once something's aired out and they got the dirt on you to some shit like that, yeah. and then they try to fix it. No, the damage is done. So while we're somewhat on the subject, have you watched the uh, the Miami, the uh, what's it called? I'm sorry, the Florida Gators doc. No, I, I I'm probably gonna see it actually today. So they they've done a really good job of cleaning up what Urban Meyer was because oh. people are saying 
the the Mantell documentary and the Florida documentary are really just like they're leaving a lot to be desired. Really, they're giving you like yeah, they're bringing the appetizers out, but you only get to take like a cut. You don't actually get to see the true like what's in the middle. You get like a little, you, you like you, you're not allowed to bite all the way into the mozzarella stick. You can only bite like the very end, so you don't get any cheese. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're missing a lot of it. They're making Urban Meyer seem like a good guy, and like the Manziel stuff is not good. I, I've heard bad things about both. I, I think I tuned off after the second episode of the Manziel doc. It's yeah, like, ah, that's not for me. They, he's not somebody that should have multiple. He should be an hour, and that's it. Honestly, I I don't give a shit about Johnny Manziel anymore. It's just people who were like, who threw their whole mortgage and everything on this kid to be a star. And then they, yeah, I feel like a certain type of way because he didn't pan out. Dude was 20, basically, yeah. with all he, that he money. Overdrafted also. And he had a drinking problem. You see, it's just all this shit to get the guy paid and then get yourself paid ultimately. He had no business being a first round draft pick. Nah. And hey, if Dallas even skipped on him, that should be red yeah, flag. That right should there. tell you. All, all right. right. Um, do you have any W's or L's? Uh, a yeah, W. Pete, Pete Lionel Alonso. Messi does Pete it again. Alonso. Yeah, Pete Alonso could have been the L. <laughs> yeah, Pete Alonso. That's. I mean, you kind of feel for him because he, he genuinely does like to be a Matt. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but he really because he was literally told three minutes before a second question at an interview that he was going to be traded to. I think the Brewers. Brewers were interested. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, that really sucked." Basically, yeah. I think he stays there. I so that's interesting that there would be rumors about him maybe leaving. Um, I don't know who would take over at first base for him though. I mean, Daniela Vogelbach. Oh God. Um, <laughs> so I have two L's. Yeah. Uh, first one is a little bit. You might understand this a little bit better. The New England Revolution, the soccer team. Yes. Of the MLS. Yes. So they emailed everybody who had tickets for the game against Miami, stating that my uh, Lionel Messi had scored in every game he's played with Inter Miami. So mm-hmm. you're guaranteed to see him score against us. That's pretty lame. That's like the Phillies going, hey, Otani's got 45 <laughs> home runs. He's probably going to hit a home run against us. He might actually go for 50. Yeah. <laughs> uh, second L, Stephen A. Smith calling out Lonzo Ball for not being able to stand up because of his knee problems. Really? Yeah, Lonzo posted a video standing up and down, <laughs> <laughs> pointing out that he's fine. And then Stephen A. moved to the goalpost and said, well, Lonzo, you're not healthy. Stop trying to tell me you're healthy. So he changed the argument. I thought that was lame. Oh, I thought he was going to say, Lonzo, you don't want to make an enemy out of me. <laughs> he said, he, he flat out said, Lonzo Ball has trouble standing up and getting into a chair. And Lonzo stood, <laughs> sat in a chair, made himself, made somebody film a video of him standing up out of a chair and sitting back down in the chair. Was it like a demonstration on how to use a chair? <laughs> what was that? Oh my god! It was actually pretty funny. It looked like he was like, uh, it looked like a almost like a first grade project. Tell me he was trolling along uh, the way. You're like, oh, y'all, y'all, you ain't got no sources, bro. Um, I have two W's as well. Yeah, my first W is going to be Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Um. So as you might know, regular players, starters don't usually want to play in the preseason. And a lot yeah. of the backups who are fighting for jobs need to play in the preseason. With right. all of the fights that have been happening in training camp, especially these joint practices lately, mm-hmm. Kevin Stefanski has made a rule. If you're a starting player and you get into a fight at a practice or a game, you have to play the next preseason game. Ooh. And if you're if you're a guy fighting for a roster spot and you get into a fight during a preseason game or during a joint practice, you're not able to dress the next game. 
So, so he's really enforcing this, like this stop doing this all the time. I mean, that's good and all, but like in the moment you feel like you got disrespected the heat of the moment. You're not thinking about that. But you never, see, you, never, you never see it in games, though. Like, these guys are just yeah. doing it in practice. Like, they're trying to prove a point. Uh, my next W. So, Chick-fil-A, people were asking them to bring back the, the chicken salad sandwich. But I, didn't know, I didn't know it existed. I guess it's like a what? chicken salad. I like the way you put it like the mayo and crap. And mm-hmm. you put it on the roll. So, they, they opted to not bring it back. But to appease their fans, they put the recipe online for people to make at home. And that got such good reviews that they started posting recipes to all the other foods they make, like the chicken sandwiches and all the sauces and stuff. So they're the posting, they're just flat out posting recipes online <laughs> for people because they wanted the recipes. The arrogance. I, I think it's kind of cool. It is cool, but the arrogance is like, we're going to give it to you, false, but you're not. it's not going to turn out the way we'd make it. So you're going to come here anyway. Yeah, I tried, making a, uh, I tried making their sauce once. It, it was close, but not good. See? There you go. It won't be the same. It won't be the same. Yeah. I tried making the uh, the Popeyes spicy sauce the one time too, and that didn't work out too well. It, oh. You take you taste the individual components too much. You don't taste the. Uh, it doesn't mix well. Now that I think about it, I think that whole play on revealing the recipes was to get ahead of this one famous TikToker who's like a food influencer or mm. the fast the president of the fast food club. Is that the Secrets? guy that uh, he just like, come here and he starts talking in front guy. of the the yeah. mirror? Yeah, yeah. him because he knows all. So he said he basically gave off the recipe for raising cane sauce. He's like, it's basically yada yada. Oh, yada. That's easy. So, that's that's Worcestershire ketchup mayo yeah. and uh, but like white he pepper. does he does stuff like yeah. that. He's like, he's, oh, I know your recipe. Th- there's a there's a Domino's hack that he says he's used forever. It's uh, you never oh. pay full price for a two topping pizza. You have to do carry out though, and he gives you the code. I haven't tried it yet. I did. It works. Oh, um, I tried okay. ordering delivery though with it. It said it was only for carry out. So carry I'm guessing out. it works. Yeah. It's I haven't actually done it, but. Damn. <laughs> Benny's like, yes. That's, oh, that's Hazel. <laughs> uh, well, that's their owner. <laughs> their owner. <laughs> well, it's just in time. Um, let's see. We're back at full strength. Yeah, we got football. We got college football. Sorry. That's more we'll of your bag. Not really my thing. And uh, Fireman Joe as well. Yeah. So we're going to try our best to give you the good content going forward. Right, 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 right. And then the scheduling for us, Sundays we'll try to do a short preview podcast. Is this what I'm seeing? Uh, before the Sunday, maybe uh, Monday or Tuesday after the week, and then one before the week, so like Friday or, or Thursday or Friday, whatever. Gotcha. I forget what we did last year. I think we only did one a week, but the year before we were doing Wednesdays and Fridays, I think. Yeah, I think it worked because my schedule at the time. Or our it's, schedule. That, that works weirder for me now because I get done at work at 8 o'clock on Wednesdays and then Fridays <laughs> are day nights. So we'll figure it out. Right, 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 right. Um, all right. Let's see next week. Oh, next week we're going to preview the AFC and NFC East divisions and yes. the NFL season. Let's go. It'll be fun. Let's go. More on the James Harden situation and the Sixers will probably, hopefully, unfold as the preseason begins eventually. Um, and then before you know it, we'll be doing the uh, basketball predictions. Yeah. Um, your fantasy teams. Are you not, doing? You already did I, one with the boys. I haven't drafted one. My my work one is tonight at seven. So uh, my my work league, which is actually my highest money league, I have two leagues that I'm already in that are dynasties where you keep most of your roster from week to week. 
yeah. or from year to year. Yes, uh, then, well, ones with my friends, we're still trying to figure out if we're going to do the two leagues or just one, and we have to figure out a draft date. So, well, if you guys do one, I might be interested. There might be my return to claim my title that I never Bring lost. That I never yeah. lost. Yeah. No, All right. no problem. And we'll be back tomorrow. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, we'll do a short one tomorrow. We do the uh, the South and um, North divisions in the NFL, and then we'll do wide receivers and running backs. Oh, that should be fun. Yeah. That probably will need a top 10. That, yeah, that's a little bit more. There's going to be that's, more variance there. Yeah, for sure. But we could do it the way we did today where we did, you know, we quickly go through six, 10 through 6, and then we just kind of slowly go through 1 through 5. Until we realize halfway, like, we have the same list. We have the same list. <laughs> I think Running backs, I think, they will vary because I had a different list from you last year. I think you had Nick Chubb one, and I had Dalvin Cook one. Yeah, arguably two great packs anyway. Yeah. And then the receivers, we also varied a little bit. I think I had Chase one, even Jefferson one. Yeah, Double J was like yeah. an automatic number one pick overall yeah. in many uh, drafts. That's rightfully inter- so. Interesting, though, because I always thought Chase was a better player. Same. But I guess, I guess his ability on... to leap over, does he will that yeah. team from the Green Bay game? You know, Chase can take over anyone. <laughs> Like, get off, Dad. Let's shot go. Clock, shot clock is expiring here, evidently. Right. Well, we're back better than ever. I think that's uh Eric Bischoff's song. I'm back. Better than ever. I got you. My poor, poor excuse. Poor way of doing it. Anyway, this has been episode 114, back on track. The PA Turnpot. We're at full strength. That is Rob. I'm Joel. We'll see you tomorrow for episode 115 of the PA Turnpot. Have a great Sunday, everybody. We'll see you next time.